0: Episode 7, The Scariest Three Words, Early 1970s. If you were a 7th grade boy in Marceline, Missouri, and it was almost 4 o'clock on a fall afternoon, then you were likely dreading the three scariest words you could ever imagine. All right, let's tackle! That is, of course, if the man bellowing out those words was Cotton Cavanaugh, the junior high football coach. Tackling practice, I wouldn't call it a drill, it was too primitive to call it that, was the highlight of every practice. Cotton's version of tackling practice somewhat resembled what football coaches call the Oklahoma drill, where a ball carrier tries to run between two tackling dummies without being stopped by a tackler. Only Cotton's interpretation didn't have any defined boundaries, and the ball carrier was not allowed to try to avoid the tackler. In other words, there were just two lines of players, one for ball carriers and one for tacklers. When your turn came, the two had to run directly toward each other. The tackler was expected to bring down the runner, who of course tried to break the tackle. Cotton sometimes adjusted the matchups if there was too much difference in size or age, but for the most part, luck determined whether the pairing would be evenly matched. Of course, the players in line started counting well before their turn came to see who their adversary would be. Occasionally, a brighter or less confident player would be reluctant to meet a certain runner and would try to trade places with the person in front or behind them. If Cotton saw this, he would immediately tell that player to move to the front of the line. If the subsequent attempt to tackle was done poorly, then the player would often hear the second worst three words they could imagine. Do it again! And they would do it again, and sometimes again until Cotton was satisfied with the player's effort. One thing that I noticed about Cotton was that he never yelled at a player or ridiculed him because of the quality of his performance. He was only interested in the quality of his effort. There were some monumental collisions during tackling but never any serious injuries. Some kids never came back after that first tackling practice. It also wasn't unusual for a new player to come into Cotton's office the day after that first tackling practice. They would say something like, they couldn't practice because their knee hurt or their ankle, or whatever part of their body they thought would warrant them being excused for the day. Cotton had a surefire remedy for these occasions. He would tell them that he had something that would fix them right up, and he would pull an antique bottle from the shelf and rub some of the contents on the site of the alleged injury. I wondered about what sort of magic tonic was in that bottle until I read the label. It was horse liniment. It must have burned like heck because I never saw a player come back for a second treatment. If Cotton's expectations for 13-year-old boys seemed surprisingly high he may have offset them in other parts of a typical practice. Considering his demand for maximum effort in running and tackling, it always amazed me that Cotton had so little concern for the importance of calisthenics. Maybe the reason for that was that the exercises that we did every day had so little relationship to the actual muscle actions necessary to play football. I mean, what does holding your arms straight out to your side and moving your hands in a little circle have to do with anything in football? Cotton didn't really need an assistant coach. He struggled to find anything meaningful for me to do. He finally decided to put me in charge of blocking practice. I called myself the line coach, although my knowledge about line play came only from books. After a few years as his assistant, Cotton gave me a big promotion. He put me in charge of the passing game. If you never saw one of Cotton's teams play, you might be impressed with that responsibility. But if you knew anything about Cotton's football philosophy, you knew that he never passed the ball. I love being Cotton's assistant, but there was one thing that I enjoyed more than anything else, our kicking contest. Sometimes when practice was over, after the players had gone into the locker room, Cotton and I would have a field goal kicking contest. Now keep in mind that Cotton had held many school kicking records during his time in college and that he played some professional football. And I had never played a game of football in my life. But... Cotton was fifty-five years old when I came to Marceline, so I at least had a chance to beat him once in a while. These duels only lasted a couple of years before Cotton said he hurt his leg, and Doris told him he couldn't kick any more. I told him that he was just scared of losing to a greenhorn kid from Oklahoma. Epilogue Cotton was an amazingly successful junior high football coach. He never had a losing record at Marceline. I don't know how many years that streak went on. I was only his assistant for the last 15. But Cotton was a lot more than a good coach to his players. He took an interest in each one of them no matter what their value might be as a player. He loved to tease them, and they enjoyed the attention he gave them. If his methods seemed harsh, especially by today's standards, you should talk to someone who played for him. I'm positive they will tell you that playing for Cotton was one of the highlights of their time in school. Simply put, Cotton loved kids, and they loved him.